0: We are all one. What does this phrase really mean? Um, And how can you as a person see this statement as true? So (laughs) it means different things to different people. And I'm going to be giving you many different uh, ways to look at this. Because there's a lot of different ways to look at this. Um, That will help you to kind of go into this in deeper ways. So what we have to become aware of is how everything connects to everything else. Nothing is unconnected. There is no separation in this way. In this way, we are all one. All of us... came from... stardust... as science has said. Uh, and so in that way, we're all one. All of us breathe the same air, live the same way... had the same awareness... In that way, we're all one. And so, there's different ways to look at this. Some profound, some that are just simply, uh, you know, mystical understandings. But to me, the most profound version of this is the interconnected web that makes us all one. Um, at the very least, if not all one, all connected in a very, uh, very understandable way. This is not mysticism. This is not, this can get very practical very quickly. Um, so what do I mean by this, right? If I do something, it may, it will affect you in some way. It's going to trigger you, it's going to make you emotional, or it might affect your circumstances in life in some way. Um, I say that I... Or steal something from you. Not only does that make you emotional, it might make you mad or annoyed or angry or whatever, but it's also going to take something f- valuable from you. <clears throat> so, at the very least, we're all connected, if not all one, right? Um, nothing happens in a vacuum. You know what I'm saying, and to give you a, a a very precise understanding of this, what I'm saying right now doesn't isn't coming from a vacuum. It's coming from past experience and understandings. Uh, which came from, you know, something that I did, which came from something else, some 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 other thing that I was trying to do, perhaps or whatever. And so, you are not a separate individual in this in this way that you think that you are. And the way that I've had it explained to me, which is actually a very useful way. At first, I didn't agree with it. I wasn't actually sure, but the more that I think about it, the more I think that it actually makes more sense. And that is the idea of verb consciousness. Um. Eric, Aaron Afghan was talking about this in a video and it was really interesting because this idea of verb consciousness is actually really interesting because what you have to do, what this literally does is it takes away this like weird thing that we do where we like say, oh, well, I'm just one person here and you're that person there. That makes us all nouns basically, right? I am this person, you were another person entirely. But what verb consciousness requires us to do is to say, no, wait, this isn't right. Uh, we're not like a statue that's standing still, right? There's a constant movement happening, there's constant change that's happening. Are you the same person that you were five minutes ago? Not completely, right? Um, Something in you has changed because of this this episode. Something... Maybe something massive. Um, So... What's really required is a verb consciousness. Realizing that it's not about... I as a person. I, me... <clears throat> mine, you, yours, whatever. Um, but it's more about uh, verb consciousness, which is more of, of like an am-ness that is happening. Like, I am doing this, I am doing that. But the I is not a... But the thing about the I, you know, the the eye is not a constant thing it's ever shifting ever changing and so in tr- truth the eye is a verbal it's a it's a verbing thing um because and the reason why it's a verbing thing is because of things around it that are affecting it or because of ideas that it found that are affecting it or whatever it is and so <clears throat> This first kind of oneness is, is honestly, in my opinion, the most profound because it starts to get you to go beyond this idea that you are. Um, you must control everything. You must do it all in these these kinds of ways and, and things like this, or that it's all this person's fault and things like this because you start to understand that in reality. There is no vacuum where it's just like one person's fault or it's done as simple as that at least. And so you start to kind of get like this wider view and I might talk about this in a deeper episode. I made an episode about this a while back called Nothing Nothing Happens in a Vacuum but I want to go into this in a really deep kind of way eventually I think Um, because it's a very profound thing that you start to see and that is you start to see the changing the ever changing you start to see how everything is ever changing and you are ever changing um, <clears throat> and that when you look at these, these things and this kind of like more of a ripple versus wave uh, response you start to see the holistic uh, aspect of reality, right? I do something that creates a ripple, but that, com- came ripple that came from another 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 ripple. Um, perhaps it had an eventual beginning, which may have been the beginning of the the, the, river, the lake or whatever that now has all these ripples in it. <clears throat> when normally you think of it as like you drop the stone or you do a certain action and that creates only one ripple when in reality what's actually happening is that you had a ripple in your consciousness that said drop a stone or skip a stone or whatever maybe that came from your past or maybe that came from your your, uh, watching something or maybe it came from whatever it was, but, but it came from something, right? And see, so what, what you're starting to see, what we're starting to talk about is the deeper aspects of oneness, um, where everything is coming from this attitude of nothing happens in a vacuum. Once we dare look at things in this way, we have to start to realize this we start to realize the systems in place Um, we start to kind of see beyond ourselves in the typical idea of ourselves that we think of and we stop thinking in this like linear fashion of like if I do this it creates that right when in reality it's, it's more complex there's more going on here because you doing that comes from something else and that may have come from a thousand different things at once perhaps as well which creates bigger and bigger ripples sometimes and then even waves every once in a while right and those waves might cancel out some ripples and they might strengthen others and so (laughs) you start to see the uh chaotic nature of life um you start to see that there is no such thing as order in the typical senses of the word that we think of it. Because any kind of order is... linear. It isn't really, like, possible to have that kind of order. And for the most part, to a certain extent it is. But it is not possible completely because of the nature that we're talking about here. Um so the other end of this is the the vacuum itself understanding that nothing happens in a vacuum the other, the reason for understanding this is the yeah. that you start to understand that your interpretations are basically skewing things in certain directions and that creates different responses Um, another end of this is how separation doesn't exist right Separation is a myth that's created by the mind to try to create, uh, the stability of control and things like this, but what about sound? What about sight? You're seeing this person, therefore, you, and at least to a certain extent, you are connected with this person, um, through sight, through sound, through certain actions, or whatever, and then I make it connected in this in the in the way that people use it. People use this word in, in like a really weird way, where it's like, oh, we must find emotional connections and and all these things. That's like one percent of one percent of what I'm talking about. Um. Where it's not just about love and and like things like this, but it's also about like the smallest things that can happen that creates the that supports the connection that kind of threads through it in a in a sort of non local kind of way it's kind of it's kind of like a you have a you have this huge lake right like we said before right. Maybe at first it's it's still, let's say. But then all of a sudden, several ripples just happen. And it looks like they may be happening from nowhere. Um, but then they're happening from something. Uh nothing happens in a vacuum, right? And so you start to see that all of these things that we think about the world is is based on the idea of Basically, like if I do this, it creates that basically like a very linear response. but what you start to understand, the more you start to kind of go through this process of seeing everything is is nothing having a vacuum in it uh is that reality is is in most cases nonlinear um And when I mean non-linear, I don't mean like the shapes are non-linear. I mean, that can happen too. But I'm talking about the way that people think of cause and effect. Cause and effect is much more complex than than like I do something and that creates an effect. I mean, that is technically true, but there's more going on here. what, What caused me to do that in the first place, right? And what caused that and what caused that? The answer to that is is many things. And so it's not this linear one thing causes another thing then that causes another thing. It's more like you have three different sources. Maybe they cause one thing. And that causes maybe four or five different sources of things. Which maybe causes another two or three things, right? It's not a linear process. Um, because it's coming from different directions. <sighs> Which is why it's important not to get stuck in that linear cause and effect system because it will limit what you see. So when you're looking at things in this way, you start to see beyond this sort of materialistic paradigm of like cause and effect in the tem- in the simplistic way that we think of it. Um, <clears throat> and now we're talking about systems thinking because it's coming back to what's called feedback loops. You, know, you Something doesn't just happen in a vacuum. You know, the way st- science is usually studied, it's usually studied as if it, that one thing is in a vacuum. Like, if you're looking at an electron, that electron is only happening to itself and it's not causing anything else or it's not doing anything else except to the atom that it is a, is a part of. But that's not necessarily how th- these things necessarily work. Sometimes it might be. I almost guarantee you that most of the time, 99.999% of the time, it isn't that way at all. Um... and we're seeing this subtle change in science to more of the systems thinking process but it is taking a lot of time because a lot of the people are still stuck in this old kind of way of thinking of like we must analyze all these small parts but what they don't realize is when you analyze only the small parts you don't see how they fit into the whole which creates more illusions of separateness but You know, that's where we're going, getting into all this stuff here. So. You are actually breathing the same air as somebody else. Right? The same kind of air. The same form of air. And in that way, you're also one. Um... If you're hearing them talk or if you're smelling their perfume or something... That's also a a small connection. Because when I mean connection, I don't mean like connection in the emotional sense. Uh, I'm talking about a, a, f- a purely like... Non-physical, but truly their connection. You know, like if I do... If I make a noise... And if you're near enough, you're going to hear that noise. Whatever that noise is. Even if it's only a simple saying, ah, or something strange, you know. Um, and so, at the very least, the, those noises in the air, the air itself is a a medium that connects us all in this way. And so, in that way, we're also one. So, <laughs> the stars once exploded, some of the stars in the universe exploded which created things like carbon things like uh, the heavier chemicals and elements that we have nowadays Um, without those stars exploding without their deaths, we wouldn't have any of this stuff we wouldn't be alive at all we wouldn't have oxygen and things like this And so, in that way, we're also, one, and connected to the universe. So, there's many different ways of of actually understanding this truth about the unity of all things. Uh, We could talk about it in the senses of awareness as well. You know, I am aware. You are aware. Hopefully, you're aware. Hopefully, you're able to listen to what I'm saying here. Um... Yeah, you know, if I would ask you if you're, are you aware? You would most likely say yes. Hopefully, you would say yes, but you know. And so, in that way as well, we're all connected because we all have that same sense of awareness, which is the, the epitome of non-dual te- teachings. in in my opinion, which is where this whole thing is coming from. Um, which is aware- awareness. Um, I mean, we could talk about how awareness has been kind of fused to thoughts and things like this, but that's a different story, right? So... This 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 uh stuff subject of oneness is very compelling because it starts to get you beyond noun consciousness and into verb consciousness. The more that you start to see the, the connections and the, and just nothing happens in a vacuum understanding and the more you try to see if you can make uh, apply it to everyday life is the more you can start to access this verb consciousness. Because in truth, you were not unchanging. Like the mind can sometimes get this weird thing going on where it's like, I am this way and I was born in this, this place and things like this. But it sometimes can forget the ever-changing nature of itself. Oftentimes it does. Because it doesn't serve it to remember remember that. And so when you do remember that, when you start to see more of that verb consciousness, the more you start to become open. <clears throat> you know, you may have noticed that I've become a lot less um complex as I've done in these episodes. There's a lot m- less arrogance and thing- stuff going on here... ...because I'm trying to become... ...less concerned with... ...the ideas and things... I'm becoming more concerned with... ...how they work in and, and real life and things like this... ...which starts to... ...when you start to use this verb consciousness... ...see things through verb consciousness you actually become from what i've experienced more open there's a more of an openness that is happening and so when you become more open in this way you start you can you can actually start to do and think in a in a deeper way about things you can actually transform your your thought process but without becoming open you can't do that it's impossible um <clears throat> and if you try without doing this you're at the most you're going to develop a lot of resistance or at the least you're going to be developing a lot of resistance but at the most you may get somewhere but it's going to be very difficult much more difficult than it would be if you just decide to see it through this lens of our consciousness through this lens of interconnectivity that I showed you here that I will I want to do a deeper episode on Eventually, I might not do it, but I, I want to definitely do one on this because it is a very important thing that we need to start to understand as a, so- as a society, because if we don't really have a lot of people tell- telling you these things, um, and that creates for ourselves a lot of problems. Because it makes us actually more closed minded. Uh, so this is my experience to be fair, right? <clears throat> but it makes you more closed minded. <clears throat> the more that you sort of have this noun consciousness. The noun consciousness is like I, I am here. Yeah, you know, my name is David, I am a clearly defined thing, right? versus a verb consciousness which is like I am here but I am changing and I am like a part of what is being changed as well I'm a part of the thing that is changing things uh, there's more of like a a being aspect to what you're saying and thinking and doing and understanding rather than a sort of linear close-minded, almost dogmatic position of I as a singular. Um, You know, separation is not this grand thing it might look to be. Sometimes you, you get people who are like, yeah but if you become one with everything in this way aren't you going to become naive And the answer is it, it depends on how you do it honestly most people do it I think in a way that does make them naive um, and I think a very good example of this is like you have situations where cults were started because of things people said or religions because people weren't uh they were naive enough to believe that they wouldn't cause that or they were not aware that that would happen right and those was this documentary i don't know if it's still on netflix, but it was called wild wild country where we was talking about this uh compound that was that was founded by i think it was osho and so they they were they had these people in these com- this compound that turned it into uh a lot of problems. There was a lot of problems there. It wasn't I don't think it was him that was necessarily doing this, but this is what I'm talking about. If you're not careful you can create a lot of problems if you're not um specific enough and things like this. Um so why it's important not to cause yourself to become a leader of this kind of thing, honestly, because then it just furthers a cult like mindset, honestly. Um, you know, it's funny to me because, like, even Ra was talking about, you know, from the raw contact or the law of one or whatever you want to call it, there's different books of it. He was talking about where they were, I guess. T- talking about when they were here eleven thousand years ago and how they were actually attempting to transmit the teachings of the law of one to e- Egyptians and things like this and because of the the times and the people of those times they they were able to transmit but it became corrupted by the people it can- became a problem for the for the people, and the law of one teachings became distorted. Uh, <clears throat> and that's, that's exactly what happens, because of the way that sometimes unity of consciousness happens. Because we have to become one, right? There is there is a point to be made about unity consciousness, and about trying to see the whole of all things. But at the same time, we have to understand that that darker aspect of reality that is usually not seen with spiritual uh, people. And it's one of my biggest graves with spiritual people is that they don't really see the darker aspects. And so it gets them into a lot of trouble when dealing with those types of people. Because they themselves oftentimes are so illuminated that a lot of this, these darker aspects are no longer around for them, right? And so when they are attempting to start compounds and start things like this, like OSHO, they maybe aren't aware enough as they could have been of the problems of doing this. Uh, not really of doing that, but of of what happens when people get together in this kind of group think kind of way. Uh, Something I do want to talk about deeper in another episode. But, um, and so because of that, they don't see the problems, and this is why it's important to see the darker aspects just as much as the lighter aspects of reality um because then you you can you can actually start to overcome some of that problem it won't be complete, obviously, but it will start to overcome some of it in my opinion uh, and you can actually if if you if you if you don't overcome it, you can at least see it coming and deal with it effectively once it happens uh which is something that it's hard to do if you are fully eliminated and then the light like this and that's one of the reasons why I've always said that darkness equals truth because oftentimes it does um. <coughs> so Keep that in mind when you're dealing with this stuff, because it will come up for you. Um, if not in that kind of specific way, it will come up in other ways, like, you know, you're doing fine and everything seems to be going normal and then a hurricane comes or something. Um, and I don't mean become depressed about it, I don't mean make, like be anxious about it and go, oh no, this is happening, this is so bad, or whatever, I'm talking about becoming aware of that possibility and preparing for it uh, without stressing about it, without getting annoyed about it as much as possible. Um, And that's when you start to truly become not only able to see the oneness of all things, but also deal with it in a more effective and manageable way, in my opinion – uh, because you you can actually see the darker aspects without getting involved in the emotions that are associated with the darker aspects. Because the problem is that with the darkness, the problem is that people have judgments about what the darkness is, um, and even myself have actually noticed and become aware of this in myself, and so you have a. ...judgment that, like... ...things that are... ...sort of, sort of, like, darker, like... ...are bad, and, and shouldn't happen, and things like this. Or you might have a s- more subtle judgment that it's like... ...you know, the darkness is... ...a darkness, and it's not the same thing as light, or whatever. When maybe it is, right? Um the dark aspects of, the darker aspects of life are, are um can be usable to you if you know how to use them become actually become your greatest teachers uh because they start to show you that sometimes these like naive spiritual ideals that people have are just not possible or usable in every circumstance it sounds great to just like love everybody and then, and things like this but that might not, not be the most practical thing like if you're dealing with somebody who's taking advantage of you or somebody that you know or whatever it might not be the best thing to do to love to this person because you will be taken advantage of right um, things like this and this is Why I say that 99% of the popular opinions about things are often wrong. Because they usually are. They're missing, like, both the darker aspects of things. Or if they're not missing it, they're over-relying on those darker aspects. That's the other problem as well. Um, That might be an episode I might do, actually. Because it, it relates a lot to liberals and conservatives. But, anyways... I hope you enjoy this. This did end up going a little bit longer than I was attempting to do, but I'm glad I was able to get it out before, um, because I don't know if we're supposed to get a hurricane or not. But anyways, hope you all have a good one, and I'll talk to you whenever I can.